Blog Talk Radio. It's time to strap our boots on. This is a perfect day to die. Wipe the blood out of our eyes. In this life, there's no surrender. And there's nothing left for us to do. Find the strength to see this through. Again, for calling to Bard's Logic Political Talk, part of the growing conservative conversation, and also part of the Patriot Journalist Network. And you can find the Patriot Journalist Network by going to www.patriotjournalist.com. Uh, so check them out, as well as the Bard's Logic Political Site Political Talk website at www.bardslogicpoliticaltalk.com, uh, where you can see a list of all the guests on our featured guest page, as well as some of the uh, featured ones we have on there. And check out the other uh, pages as well. Now, tonight, uh, we'll be talking about ISIS and fundamental Islam, what the U.S. must do to stop it. Uh, Tonight, we'll hear an uh, audio clip from a speech uh, from Newt Gingrich, 
and uh, then we'll continue with our discussion here. Uh, and then we'll go look at uh, next week where we will have uh, someone from 28pages.org. Uh, we'll have Brian from that organization. Uh, he'll come on and talk about the pages that won't be uh, put out by our governments in regards to who is funding uh, the 9-11 attacks. Uh, so we'll hear more about that. And then we will have on the 25th, City Councilwoman Amy Murray will be on to talk about a task force she's been appointed to uh, for police and community relations. And we're going to talk about how that program uh, may be used throughout the country. And so uh, we're looking forward uh, to Brian next week on the 18th. And then on the 25th, look forward to having Amy on there, as well as working on getting Matt Bevan back on the show uh, to talk about his gubernatorial race in Kentucky. Uh, but first, uh, we'll go ahead and uh, have a clip that I would have had prepared for you, uh, but we'll just have to play it in a different way. Uh, hopefully that doesn't do anything with the audio, so uh, bear with us uh, with that. But definitely listen to uh, the speech, and that will be the beginning for our discussion to our discussion tonight. And so uh, give me a few moments, folks, to get that together for you. And then uh, we will continue there. And this, and I want to come to talk about something that I think is extraordinarily serious. Sorry about that, folks. Looks like we got a couple uh, audio clips uh, that with, were mixed up uh, at the same, or playing at the same time. So let's go ahead and get Nucci's speech here. And I wanted to come to talk about something that I think is extraordinarily serious and not political in any normal sense. It's about America's survival. And I want to say to you flatly that almost 14 years after 9-11, the United States today is losing the war with radical Islamists. And we have to have the courage to confront how badly we are doing in this war. And not just as an anti-Obama comment, the State Department was about equally bad, frankly, under George W. Bush. The unwillingness to tell the truth about who our enemies are was equally bad after the first year because gradually all of these so-called experts kept saying, oh, you can't really tell the truth about who they are because that might confuse other people. So why don't you make up strange terms? And, you know, <clears throat> it became bizarre. You see, you see people all around the planet. This is a global war. And yet they insist on talking about it by geography. So we're going to really focus on northern Syria. Well, there are thousands of jihadists who have come to northern Syria from all around the world, over 1,000 from France alone, so over 600 from Great Britain, over 100 from the United States. This is a global war. In Nigeria, Boko Haram has 10,000 fighters. 
And last year, Boko Haram killed more people than Ebola. But the State Department for years under Secretary Clinton wouldn't even list them as a terrorist group, even though their initial base camp was called Afghanistan in honor of the Taliban. Now, you would think somewhere in here people get ahead. You know, I look around the planet at suicide bombings. I look at beheadings. I look at all these different things going on. They don't strike me as a Rotary Club conspiracy or, you know, the Kiwanians running amok. There's one common pattern occurring everywhere across the planet, and that is radical Islamists who hate our civilization are prepared to cut off our heads and are determined to impose their religion by force. Now, I'm not going to spend a lot of time talking about President Obama's pathological incapacity to deal with reality. Because I think I think that's what it is. I mean, I, there's, there's, there's no point in trying to get him to learn uh, how to say the words radical Islamist because he has a speech impediment, which blocks him from being able to say the words. I mean, he just, you know, it would be embarrassing. Watching John Kerry the other day try to explain all this, it's not about religion. It's about specific, unique, random individuals. So you end up at Fort Hood with somebody who's carrying a card that says Soldier of Allah, somebody who we now know was on the Internet talking to an American uh, imam in Yemen who we later on killed with a predator, uh, somebody who jumps up, yells Allah Akbar, and kills 13 Americans. And even the institution of the U.S. Army is so corrupted by the intellectual dishonesty we now live with, they describe it as a workplace incident. This is as though in 1946 and 1947 and 1948, we'd had Henry Wallace instead of Harry Truman, and we'd had a president who said, you know, there is no KGB, there is no common turn, the Soviet Union is not a threat, communism is okay, I don't think you should be worried about all these things. And that's where we are. We have an elite, frankly, in both parties, unwilling to tell the truth. You're not going to win this war if you can't tell the truth. You're not going to win this war if you can't admit it's a war. Now, let me be very clear, because I can already hear some of our friends on the left and a few of our friends on the right who want to think Gingrich wants us to have an army of 7 million and occupy everywhere. Baloney. This is a campaign that should be fought with the largest possible number of allies. It's a campaign which should be fought wherever possible by surgically and methodically hunting down people. And we can draw a clear distinction. If you are Muslim and you are willing to live in peace with your neighbors and you have no problem with people converting in both directions and you'd like to be allowed to have a mosque, but by the way, they can have a synagogue or a temple or a church, I have no problem with, with Muslims who are prepared to live in diversity. But if you are a Muslim who believes you're going to impose Sharia by cutting off my head, I have a desire to kill you before you cut off my head. President George W. Bush's magnificent speech to the joint session of Congress shortly after 
The video he said, there's an axis of evil. And he listed Iran, Iraq, and North Korea. Now, they could have added a few more countries. I mean, several of them felt hurt, but they weren't on the list. But it was a good start. And there, that's the speech in which he said, you're either for us or you're against us. But the State Department and others promptly began saying, well, you can't really mean that. I mean, are you really prepared to go to the Saudis and say to them, you're either for us or you're against us, and cut off all of their funding for all the different elements that preach Sharia? Are you really prepared to take on the argument about Sharia? Now, you have a new leader in Egypt who is remarkably like Mubarak, who is remarkably like Saddam. That is, he's a military leader dominating a country by force because the alternative is a Muslim Brotherhood radicalized Egypt threatening to the United States and the entire world. Now, I will tell you flatly, while I would love to see the Egyptian people be prosperous and free and have a chance to live in a genuine democracy, I am not, just as I was not confused by communists who were very eager to have one vote one time in Italy and France, I am not confused by the Muslim Brotherhood, which would like to use our language to impose their way of life and never again have an election once they're in charge. So I think we've got to recognize this is as intellectually significant a fight as the development of anti-communism was between 1945 and 1950. <laughs> you know, you remember that Ronald Reagan was a Democrat. He had voted for President Franklin Delano Roosevelt. He actually, in 1948, did a commercial for Harry Truman and did a commercial uh, for Hubert Humphrey. But Hubert Humphrey in 1948 was the anti-communist liberal taking on the communist wing of the Democratic Farm Labor Party. But Reagan in 47, when he was active, he became president of the Screen Actors Guild. And one night in 1947, he's sitting around chatting with a guy. And this guy says to him, you know, I am a genuine Stalinist. And when we win... You are the kind of person we're either going to put in jail or we're going to kill. And Reagan went home and he thought to himself, gee, I wonder what that guy meant. <laughs> and being a, a relatively simple person, I mean, not, not somebody who had been to Harvard Law School and been thoroughly educated in how to avoid reality. <laughs> Reagan said to himself, Gosh, I guess he meant if he wins, they will either put me in jail or kill me. And then Reagan, in a totally selfish, narrow attitude, decided he didn't want them to win. It was just one of those acts that proved that Reagan was becoming a right winner because he was prepared for the Soviet Union to be defeated. Now, it took... From that moment of awareness in 1947, 44 years for the Soviet Union to collapse. And frankly, I thought it would take another 20 or 30. But we calmly and methodically built a worldwide coalition. We calmly and methodically built the most powerful military in history. We calmly and methodically actually spied on people. We actually went out and did the things necessary to be safe. We had a clear notion that we were prepared to defend America and America's allies. 
And we did that for 44 years. I'm, I'm here today. I'm here today and ask you to talk to your members of Congress and to send whatever device you use, Twitter, Facebook, email, telephone, snail mail, personal visit, to friends around the country. I wrote a piece the other day in the Wall Street Journal, which I outlined, and you can see it if you go to GingrichProductions.com. Um, I outlined the hearings the U.S. Congress should have. In my mind, intellectually, I've written off this administration. It's hopeless, and frankly, unless there's some great conversion experience by Hillary Clinton, I would write her off. I think she is part, she is part of this worldview. She is with Obama. She can't hide from it. It is a fact. But I would ask your help in getting the Congress to understand, both in the House and the Senate, now, we need probably six months or more of hearings. We need hearings that start at the beginning. Why are they radical Islamists? What are their values? What's the world they seek to accomplish? And, and don't kid yourself. This is a very pervasive problem. There's a blogger in Saudi Arabia who was for liberalizing Saudi Arabia. He has been sentenced to 1,000 lashes delivered in public, 10 per week. Now, the United States government should be angrily protesting. This is nonsense. We don't have to tolerate the Saudis living in the middle of the, sixth, of the 8th century and the 9th century. And we should, we should be saying that. We find this abhorrent. The Iranians have locked up a Washington Post reporter just to remind us that they have such contempt for the Obama administration that they are confident the Obama administration will keep talking to them no matter what they do. The Iranians probably were the people who were funding and training and equipping the uh, rebels who took over Yemen this week. And remember, Yemen was the example cited by the president in October of proof that his strategy was working. Now, we haven't heard from him since Yemen fell this week. But then he's busy. Uh, the Super Bowl is coming up. There are a number of other important things. And you can't expect him to notice random countries being lost to the West. But we need to really have – I'm not here today to tell you that I have an answer. I have a, I have a direction. But the first part of that direction is to lay out for the American people the facts about the scale of the problem. When you see the number of Islamists around the world, when you see what they say, and I'm a historian. The general rule is if somebody tells you that they are prepared to cut off your head unless you convert, and the other day four teenage Christians had their heads cut off because they wouldn't convert. Now, I take that to be a sign that they probably mean they will cut off your head if you don't convert. Yeah, but I think the American people need to see the whole picture, and only once we have the whole picture out do we start talking about strategies. One of the strategies, frankly, is to drive them off the Internet. And whatever it takes to drive them off the Internet, we should do. And we should be very clear about that. And one of the strategies should be to insist that everybody who's getting money from people like the Saudis have to have it noted. When I see an expert on TV telling me the Saudi version of reality, and then you learn that they're a professor at a major American university or a major American think tank, but they're totally funded by the Saudis, we should all know that. Because it's absurd. 
the apologists for these people are all involved in total intellectual dishonesty, undermining and weakening the survival of the United States. In addition, we should make it very clear that we're not going to tolerate any kind of advocacy from here on out of Sharia. We're not going to tolerate any kind of advocacy of violence against the West. We're not going to tolerate any recruiting. We're not going to tolerate any fundraising. And we're not going to tolerate people who leave this country in order to go fight somewhere else. And frankly, we should make it a condition of losing your passport and not being able to come back to America. In the middle of the 1930s, as the British leadership showed total cowardice and were terrified of dealing head-on with Adolf Hitler, one man actually read Mein Kampf. His name was Winston Churchill. And he said, you know, I think this guy actually means what he said. And he began giving speeches, and he was a very lonely voice. At one point, he was down to four members voting with him out of 635. But he said, the truth is so important. And finally, day by day, Hitler proved that Churchill was right and the entire elite was wrong. Now, I believe we are in that kind of environment. I believe our government lies to us every day about this. I believe our State Department lies about it. I think our intelligence community has been co-opted intellectually. I think our military is frightened to tell the truth. And I think starting with the Congress, we have to demand the deserve to know the truth. And we, the people, deserve the right to defend our civilization. I just want to close this thought. I'm, I've been deeply involved for many years. My dad was an infantryman for 27 years. I grew up in the Army. I believe that the number one obligation of a government is to protect its people. And if you don't do that, everything else is put at risk. Over the next year, you're going to be visited by many candidates. Those of you who are Iowans have been through this before. I just ask you to demand that every candidate who comes through here every day from now to the caucus has to answer what are they prepared to do to help defeat radical Islamists so that America and its allies can go into the future in freedom and safety. If you do that, by about the sixth or seventh visit, every one of them will have a pretty good answer because they'll be afraid to come back. So you can play a major decisive role in getting America back on the right track. And with your help, I have no doubt that the American people will defeat those who would cut off our heads. We will defeat those who would force us into forcible conversion of religion. We will defeat those who have such contempt for us that they think they can send us videos and we will do nothing. Thank you, good luck, and God bless you. All right, folks, of course, that was Newt Gingrich, uh, former Speaker of the House and 2012 uh, presidential candidate. 
for those of you just uh, tuning in, uh, you can hear the speech in its entirety uh, in the podcast, which will be available uh, shortly after the show. So definitely uh, check that out. I mean, it was a great speech uh, and very poignant. And at this time, I'm going to bring in our panelist, Cindy. So, Cindy, thank you very much for calling to the show. How are you tonight? I'm doing just fine, Robert. Thank you very much for the opportunity to come on, and I hope you're feeling better. Yeah, I tell you what, past couple of days, I, I think I got some food poisoning, and I'm still trying to combat that a little bit. And um, so let's, you know, <laughs> hopefully tomorrow I'll be uh, I'll be up to par. But uh, but we'll we'll see. I thought I'd be feeling much better by now, but um, I mean, I am. I'm, I'm feeling much better than yesterday. Yesterday was awful. Um, and today's not as awful, so maybe tomorrow won't be off at all, awful at all. So. Oh, <laughs> well, that's really a, nasty too. There's nothing worse. Yeah, I can't even. I can't even eat anything without my stomach being upset. I I had a little bit uh, tonight for the show, but I guess having a can of Coke and some uh, M and M's, peanut M and M's for dinner, probably isn't conducive to having a happy <laughs> uh, stomach. Oh, uh, I doubt that. Nope. Well. I just didn't have. I did not have the time for dinner tonight. Oh, but perhaps, perhaps, perhaps later. Uh, you know what? I want to ask you um, something, Cindy. About, uh, of course, we'll go over the, the whole speech, and I know there's another audio we'll play. I was hoping to, uh, you know, have it uh, actually through the studio here, uh, but unfortunately, something with the um, uh, the download uh, happened, where some kind of form there's some kind of formatting for, for that folks, but. You know, I decided this will not be the the only time uh, that I'll play this clip because actually he mentioned something about the uh, Saudi Arabians and their funding. And one of the things we'll talk about next week uh, with the gentleman we're having on uh, from 28pages.org talking about the 28 pages of uh, documents that are not being released by the government, including uh, or discussing the funding of 9-11 terrorists and kind of points to Saudi Arabia. And he'll, uh, we'll, we'll talk more about that uh, next week with him. So looking forward to it. But new mentions that. So it'll be interesting to kind of be a, a nice segue. Perhaps I'll play that part of the clip uh, next week uh, when we're discussing that as well. But anyway, yeah, that, one, one a, of the things you, that's a big question. Go ahead. That's a big question. Why are they protecting Saudi Arabia? It's all about the oil, and we have got to get oil. We have got to get totally unstrung from their oil. We've got to get away from them. We have to get our own oil. We have to show them that we don't need their oil anymore. I'm not saying we never buy any oil from them, but we've got to show them we don't need it anymore so that they understand they're not going to keep jerking us around like this. No, certainly. And another thing you kind of alluded to, uh, Cindy, and then we'll, you know, continue on uh, past the election 2016. But didn't it sound like he was setting people up for a possible run for him in 2016? Towards the end, we talked about all the the candidates. What's your thoughts on that? Yeah, well, I kind of had hopeful thoughts, too. But, you know, I just don't know. Newt is... um... I think Newt is political weary. I think he thinks he can do more good if he stays out of the fray 
uh, where he's being attacked, attacked, attacked all the time. Because that's what you are when you're a political, um, when you when you become a candidate, uh, and and look how many candidates there are going to be on the conservative side. Um, and that's another thing I want to talk about later. But anyway, um, you know, they're all fighting amongst themselves, and and everybody's uh, creaming everybody else. I mean. I don't know what else they can come up with or how many, how much more damaging things they can come up with than what they came up with to smear Newt with last time. I guess somebody could come up with another story totally fabricated out of the sky like that one woman. Um, but um, uh, we, Newt might, I, I guess I would say, oh gosh, I wish he would run. Oh my gosh, I wish he would run. But I really well, you know, I would. I mean, uh, I would devote the, 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 all that time during uh, <laughs> that uh, promoting his, his campaign, and I, you know, I'd probably volunteer for it as well. Um, you know, the way I did in 2012, to be honest. Um, oh yeah. All candor here, but I mean, seriously, I mean, we we don't have any, we don't have any, uh, you know, we we just don't have any candidates or possible candidates that I've heard of so far lining up that is just the caliber. Uh, of Newt, um, so hopefully we'll uh, hopefully that was kind of a little flavor uh, of him maybe setting things up uh, for later, you know, for that. But yeah, but I mean, you know, let's get bring it back to the point is that you know with Saudi Arabia, you know, let's talk about that, and, and you know, with the point of our topic tonight is, is what are we going to do about it? I mean, you know, we just found out, uh, you know, the girls was their uh, family found out she was uh, killed. You know, and I guess they they sent some pictures, um, you know, with with her, and so then we had the uh, Jordanian pilot who was burned to death. I mean, uh, did you see the did you see the video for that? Yes, yes, and I actually wanted to talk about that. Do you mind if we talk about it now, or did yeah. you want to do it later? Oh no, certainly. Let's go ahead. Okay. Well. Uh, First of all, her kidnapping was kept a secret for a long, long time. Uh, and and I have to wonder why they kept it a secret. Because in the past, I'm, I get constant updates from Voice of the Martyrs, which is an organization that keeps track of, of uh, persecution of Christians around the world. And uh, what they have shown me um, is that history proves that when you publicize the heck out of somebody's uh, imprisonment, torture, um, you know, whatever it is that's going on with the person, the kidnapping or whatever, uh, and the more public it is, the, the less likely they are to do anything to that person. Now, our um And, of course, our, uh, our and of course we're talking about Caleb Mueller. Uh, well, let's see. Here's the thing: the, the reporters say he killed the Japanese guy the, and the, the, um, right. the other soldier guy. Uh, those are different situations. They're men who are over there, uh, not necessarily in a um, you know wonderful. I mean, Kayla Mueller uh, was a wonderful girl doing wonderful things for those people over there, and uh, I think that if if we had publicized her kidnapping and and more people had come out uh in uh 
you know, and, and even their own people, you know, the, the Muslim people themselves, if they saw what they were doing to this Kayla Mueller, I think maybe there was a chance we might have gotten her uh, out of there. Don't expect President Obama ever to run a successful uh, uh, extraction of someone like that. He's, he can't do it. He's incapable. Um, Obama pledged to bring Mueller's cap- captors to justice no matter how long it takes. He probably meant something like, no matter how long it takes for us to forget it. <laughs> mm-hmm. No, I agree. Anyway, I mean, then, and, and, and there, was, there, there hasn't been a lot of details. There, you know, to, to my understanding, there hasn't uh, been a lot of details either on, I mean, not, not that I want to hear any gruesome details, because that stuff, frankly, to be honest, and you don't hear me say this often on the show here, Cindy, but that really pisses me off, uh, what these people yeah. do. Uh, but you haven't heard a yeah. lot of the details of what they did. I can't imagine what uh, atrocities that they did. Yeah, and um, uh, Islamic State said that Mueller uh, was killed in a airstrike when the Jordanians launched a strike in oh, retaliation yes. for the for their for their uh, pilots you know, that were burned to death. They they're trying to blame right. it on Jordan, but we all know better mm-hmm. than that. Jor- Jordan denies it, and he, they say that it didn't happen. Who you think you're going to believe, anyway? Um, anyway, right. the Pentagon, the Pentagon spokesman, uh, John Kirby, Rear Admiral uh, John Kirby, said uh, there was no doubt Islamic State killed Mueller. He said uh, officials have not learned yet how she died, and that's probably because if we knew how she died, there may even be more of an outcry. And and I just hate mm-hmm. it. That our Pentagon, our President, State Department, nobody is telling us the truth about this poor girl. If I was her family, I would be horrified. I would be so angry. Yeah, why why don't you see them? Yeah, why don't you see them all pissed off and stuff? And I'm sorry, I'm using that word a lot, but that's. I mean, I'm really, I'm really missed about this. They're not going to show that. See that. They got to try to hide this and keep this. This is another one of those Benghazi type things. I guarantee you, well, our our government officials are responsible for this woman's death. I mean, yes, you know it's Islamists that are killing these people, but our government is allowing it. They're not doing a dang thing about it. And here's what I want to know. And why not? Well, it makes me wonder why the hell aren't they doing anything? Well, you remember a while back I gave you my uh, my theory on that. I believe that the one world orderists of whom uh, Obama is a part, only in that he is their puppet, um, I believe that they are um, using radical Islam in order to um, bring about a, a fear level in America that will cause us to want to give up our First Amendment rights, our privacy rights, our Second mm-hmm. Amendment rights, uh, all these rights that uh, we'll, we'll give them up in order to have um, safety in our country. Um, I'm not willing to do that. But here's the thing. Why is it that 10% is supposed to be radical Islam, 10% of, of Islam? That's a really high figure, too. I, I bet you uh, it's probably less than that uh, that are actually out there committing these atrocities. However, where is the other 
90%. Why are they not speaking out against jihadists? Why do you not, why do you not see um, Muslim imams coming on, on television all over the world, slamming their hand against the counter? You must stop this. This is not what Muhammad wanted us to do, blah, blah, blah. You're not, not going to see that because they understand that these men are just carrying out a job that no other Muslim wants to do, but they want to see it done anyway. So, you know, you might see a handful of American Muslims or former Muslims speaking out. They're willing to tell the truth. But where the heck is the Arab military? Who's in charge over there? Why isn't the Arab, all these Arab nations, why aren't their militaries uh, fighting these jihadists? How big is their military? Two darn people? You know, how many how many troops do they have available? If the United States came and attacked them, who who would they drag out to to fight us? Where are their air where are their air force? Where's their air force? You know, where where's their um ground troops? Where's their special ops? You gonna tell me they don't have any way of fighting these people? I think so. If they wanted to. So Jordan got blamed for the death of Kayla Mueller. That was one reason Arab no. nations won't fight won't fight back because Muslims hide behind women and children. One of the things, you know, I, I you know, I was hoping they did, and it sounds like the Jordanians uh, did do it, is to uh, execute that uh, female, um, you know, the female uh, bomber. Who they were going to supposedly were supposed to trade for the Jordanian pilot, uh, and they just went ahead and executed her. I, I give kudos to that. I mean, I'm like, look, that's what you know. That's what the United States should start doing: round these people yeah. up and just taking them out. Yeah. Well, I don't even know why they bother to try to trade, make any trade, or try to get these people get their people back because they really don't care about them. I, they don't care. <clears throat> well. Let's just bring this up right now. Did you ever go see American Sniper? Or were you too busy being sick? <laughs> Hello? Well, I'm, well, I'm, I'm playing on. Oh, I was just uh, getting a uh, message uh, text from Kelly. Uh, good oh. old Kelly. He won't be able to make it tonight, um, unfortunately. Uh, but uh, be that as it may, he's uh, helping out at a homeless shelter. Uh, this evening. Oh, yes. Yeah. So it's yes. Yeah. So he's you know he's missing the show for um uh, for that. So we're hoping to hear from Dan later. I hope he's okay. The last time I heard from him, it sounded like uh, he was going to, but uh, I don't see him as of yet. So hopefully he's okay. But uh, we'll we'll see about getting him back on. But go ahead, Cindy. Well, I hope he comes on because I'd sure like to hear his take on this stuff. Anyway, did you go see American Sniper? No, not yet. I've I've heard some about it. I just I just have not had the uh the time to do it. Um so okay. but yeah, I plan, you know, I do plan on here and I do plan on it. Now I heard the uh arch at least in, in, in my area, the oh no, wrong movie, never mind. <laughs> never mind. Um Well this is an there's ex- another this movie an coming example. out, the fifty shades of grey that that is being uh said by some folks here, not for people to go see it. But anyway, uh, different show, different genre for certain. Uh, but, but no, I have not seen the American Sniper yet. Um, but I, I, yeah, I definitely want to. 
All right. Well, the reason I bring it up now is because I, I just made the statement that Muslims hide behind women and children, uh, and that's the one reason. That's one reason why Arab militias don't want to fight back because uh, they're going to be killing their own people, basically, and they're going to be killing women and children. Well, Chris Kyle's first two kills as a sniper were a small boy and his mom. Now, uh, yeah, I think I showed that in the commercial. Yeah, well, a group of men who would let their children, their women and children die in their place is just disgusting. It's unconscionable. It's completely amoral. Yet they claim because against we, the laws of nature. Right, it is, and yet they claim we are the infidels. Okay, but now understand what why he killed this small boy and his mom. They were told by a, another guy. Uh, there was a a watchman up on a roof. He was looking out of his binoculars, watching the American troops. Uh, a patrol was coming down the street. Chris Kyle is up there as a sniper. He's supposed to be protecting those troops as they drive through the city, okay, drive through that that area. Mm -hmm. And they have, you know, snipers all up, you know, protecting uh, along the route that these these, uh, troops are traveling. So here is Chris Kyle up there. He sees this uh, Arab guy come out look through his binoculars, he sees the troops coming, and then he goes downstairs, or he goes, he goes off the balcony, he's way up high, you know, and he goes off the balcony and you don't see him again. But in the, in the next few minutes, you see a woman and a child come walking out of the door of the building where that man was. The woman has something under her burqa. She takes that out and hands it to the child. Well, Chris Kyle could see that it was a uh, an incendiary device. Let's just say it was a it was a like a, a I don't know it was one of those big lobbing grenades that has a handle on it. Okay, so she hands it to mm-hmm. the little boy. She hands it to the little boy now, and he takes it down. Yeah, yeah, his hit hit. This little boy's mother hands him the grenade thing. Walks, he walks down. This kid's no more than ten years old, probably younger. He walks down there, and he's gonna throw this grenade. While Chris Kyle sees this all happening, he has to shoot the little boy. So he does. He shoots the little boy just before he throws it. Okay. Now the little boy is laying there dead. Here comes the mother running up to the little boy. Right. Does she bend mm-hmm. down and hug the little boy? Does she cry over him? Does she wail? Is she mourning over her son? No. She doesn't even look at him. She picks up the the grenade, grenade. and starts running t- running towards the troops, and she's just about got it out of her hand when Chris Kyle kills her. And so, um, I mean, it's just a very tragic event, but you can see why... Um, this just has to stop. I mean, these people are not even, uh, gosh, they're not even human beings in my in my estimation. Um, now he, now he's 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 passed away. The, the sniper, correct? Yes, 
and, and here's there was some controversy that, uh, around his, and there was some controversy around his death too, wasn't there? Yes, there is. Well, at first there wasn't, but now people are coming out. You know, see, here's another case where you know they they all all these news media people just come out and give all this information out, and they really have no idea what they're talking about. But now that people have done some investigating, um, we see that. The guy who killed, uh, who murdered Kyle, and by the way, uh, he didn't just kill Kyle. He killed one of Kyle's friends that was there with him, too. Kyle, Kyle and his friend had started to take these veterans out to this shooting range out in the country and uh, selling a ranch somewhere. And, um, they, you know, he was giving them the opportunity to get behind the gun again and, uh, you know, just have a good old time, talk things out, and... Uh, work out their problems, and have somebody to, to discuss their problems with. So this, this guy who murdered Kyle, his mother called, her mother or parents called, I, don't, I think it was his mother, and uh, she said, hey, my son's got PSTD, uh, PTSD, and I'm wondering, wondering if you'll, you know, hang with him a little bit and see, see if you can do anything with him. And so he takes this kid out to the to the the shooting range, and the kid ends up killing both Chris Kyle and his friend, okay? Now, Ralph is his name, and we now know that Ralph probably did not have PTSD because he never saw combat duty. His job in uh, Iraq and was in Baghdad, and he was a prison guard over Muslim terrorists that they had captured. He never served in battle. He never even had a close call, according to the the Warfighter Foundation, who was finding out all this information about him. He spent most of his time looking and talking to Muslims in jail. He could have very likely interacted with these inmates enough that he got converted. Um, um, One of the things they pointed out was that prison... It has uh, prisons have a higher conversion rate than any other than any mosque. You know, the more people get converted out of prison than out in the open or in, in a mosque. Anyway, also we know that Ralph had called his father uh, one time from over there and expressed deep sympathy for these detainees that he was guarding and. He was complaining that the the United States has um, uh, was conducting this war very uh, unfairly, and uh, he didn't want to engage in combat while he was over there. And um, he was talking about how the Muslim prisoners had such poor living conditions and all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so if you take all these factors. And then you add, look at pictures. I'll tell you what I'll do. I'm going to put in, I'm going to put this, um, I'm going to put this in chat for you. And you might have a look at this. It's a picture of Ralph um, before and after. In his before pictures, he has 
a nice, he has a nice um, trimmed beard. He looks clean Do you know what his last name is, that. Cindy? Huh? Do you know what? what his last name is, this Ralph guy? That is his last name, Ralph. Uh, his first name. Oh. Let's see, what was his first name? No. Can't remember his first name. Hang on, I'll um, I'll go to that link and find out. But anyway, um, so and then we see that he has his beard. You know how the uh, Muslims let their beard grow at the bottom; they don't trim it. Now he has an untrimmed mm-hmm. beard. Eddie, Eddie Ralph, is his name. Hmm. Ralph. R O. For those who want to look this up, it's R O U T H. I thought you said Ralph. Uh, it's Ralph. Yeah. R O U T H. Okay. Oh yeah, not Ralph. <laughs> Ralph. <laughs> yeah. Okay, it's Ralph. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, that is a mess of worms that hasn't even been opened. That's like the Kayla thing, you know. This this stuff is going on, and and none of this is being opened because we have one scandal after another. One by one by one by one. Scandal after scandal after scandal after scandal. And uh, there's there's no one, uh, there's just no one being held accountable. Not, sing, not a single person is being held accountable for anything. But anyway. Do you, think um, apathy, do you think there's an apathy going on in America right now because they're just inundated with this so much that, you know, they don't even care as much to the to hear, think, or talk about uh, what's going on now. Absolutely. With, with radical, you because, know. Oh yeah, absolutely. Because it, you know how how uh, energetic I am about this. <laughs> when you get me talking with pol- about politics and stuff like that, uh, I get I get to go on. But and I and I have. Uh, I don't want to say enjoyed, but I have. Uh, it's been a, a, a labor of uh, satisfaction, I guess, is what I'm looking for. That to 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 get in, in informed, to get educated, to find out about all these things that are going on, and find out about the things that my government is doing behind my back. Uh, I've kind of made it. Uh, um, you know my business to know. I got too t- I got tired of uh, being lied to. Tired of uh, thinking that I couldn't do anything. And even I, in this condition, I have many times said, "Man, Lord, I just want to check out of this. I don't even want. I don't even want to think about this. I don't want to open my computer. I, I don't. I don't want to look at any news. I don't want to hear anything. I just want to go." Hide my head somewhere. I have even said that to myself. Um, so if I have gotten to that point, well, then you know that people out there that haven't been uh, at the level of act, act, activity that we have, uh, we've been uh, very active. And those and you know, you know, Mike. Been, go ahead, Sonny. Well, you know well, what my you, you know what my concern is. Mhm. Go ahead. That's all right. Go ahead. 
I promise I want to throw up. <laughs> no, I was going to say what, what my concern is, is, you know, some of the apathy I see or, or, or disinterest, you know, that I see is uh, my concern is, is it going to have to take another 9-11 or worse for people to uh, be paying attention again, people to care about this again? Yeah, I think it's going to have to get worse, uh, and then people will understand how it's going to affect them. Right now, I think um, uh, Christian people in particular are sitting around saying, well, uh, I'm going to get raptured out of here. This is not going to pertain to me. Um, Me and my family, we're going to be gone when all this horrible stuff comes down. Um, And so when they see that uh, they are in for uh, some big troubles, some troubles that are going to affect their children, um, you know, they they will finally wake up, but I'm afraid it's going to be too late because the, the changes that need to be made, the strategies that need to be planned, the things that Newt was talking about in his speech, um, those things are not going to happen uh, after afterwards. What you'll have afterwards is just martial law. You're going to have uh, President Obama or whoever's in the White House when it happens is going to declare martial law, and y- you won't you won't get a new president, you won't get a new Congress, you won't get nothing, you won't have any elections. You're gonna all your guns are going to be confiscated. Uh, everything is going to be different, and then it's going to be too late to to make any political um, moves in order to to remedy all these these things that are happening. So, uh, yeah, yeah, they'll wake up eventually, but it'll be too late. Hmm. Well, that's definitely, that's definitely disconcerting. Um, you know, I just want to know what, you know, what, you know, what our military are going to do, what, you know, we as a people are going to do, you know, about ISIS, because they're going to be spreading. I mean, they're, they're going to be spreading throughout, you know, Afghanistan, they're already in Iraq. And, you know, the question is, is when, when are they going to be coming here? And if we don't do something while they're overseas, you know, then people getting burned alive in the streets of, you know, America, and, and then what? And then, well, and then brings up, as you said, you know, the, the, the martial law, and then people will be, you know, wondering, well, what the, what the hell happened? I think, you know, we've kind of fallen asleep, and, you know, while people will make comments and say, yeah, yeah, we need to do something, this and that, or, or all these people, they're not doing anything, or all whatever, whatever, it's like, well, how are you going to get active, and, you know, maybe it's, you know, Ginger said, you know, you know, get a hold of your, the, the, the politicians, make them do something. Um, I don't know. It just, there's, I mean, yeah, I know we're all, you know, we've talked about this, we've talked about this before, but we're, you know, everyone's so busy now, uh, you know, they don't have time, you know, they don't feel they have time to get active. They just want to keep them. And I, and I mean, I kind of understand it. So I've got kids too, you know, or, you know, kid too. And, you know, I like to have more. <laughs> Hope that happens, yeah. but um, you know, I mean, they've got homework and you know, they're things of of that nature. But uh, they'll watch less TV and stuff like that. But anyway, I, I won't get into that tirade. <laughs> well, it's like it, let's 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 go over a little bit of what because he laid out some some actual solutions here, and that's what I love about Newt. He he's very right. good at 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 defining 
the problem, but he's also good offering the solutions. He's got some good solutions. And you know why? Because he doesn't he 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 doesn't just think that solutions have to come from him. He knows he can reach out to other people, very intelligent, very informed people, um, that know what they're talking about. That's what makes him a great leader. Yep, and he looks back in history and he sees what other people have done and he knows what works because of a myriad of different factors. And they all pass through his wonderful genius brain and he comes out with a solution. And um, and and he really, it, the, the solutions really are very simple. And, and that may be one reason why people don't really want to listen to his solutions is because they just sound too easy to, you know, to them. But here's the thing. First of all, you've got to lay out for the American people the facts about the scale of the problem. Okay? First of all, they got to know how many people are involved in this. Why the is the why the why Islamic governments aren't fighting these these people? Uh, how many people are here in the United States already ready to go? ready to perpetrate a 9-11 or worse, okay? We, they got to lay, lay out for the American people the facts, the scale of the problem. Second of all, history shows that people who say they're going to do this or that, they usually do what they say. So <laughs> if, if they say they want to they wanna bury us and they want to uh, drive Israel into Cut the off our heads. And cut off your head, then you have to believe them. Okay. Uh, well, they're hurting you. I mean, just look. Right. And then third, drive them off the internet. You've got to get them off the internet. They are they are organized only because That's how they're recruiting. of the internet. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So if you can get them off the internet, you 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 may solve a whole lot of problems. Okay. Number four, everyone who gets money from the Saudis and other uh, known funders of, of terrorism, they are going to have to account for what they do with that money. Otherwise, it doesn't come in here to this country. Okay? Um, number five, uh, we will not tolerate any kind of advocacy of, of Islam here. We cannot tolerate recruiting, uh, people funding it. People leaving this country to go fight in a jihad. Uh, they need to lose their passport and not come back here. Okay? Um, mm-hmm. And also, you you have to, uh, our, our State Department, military, CIA, everybody's afraid to tell us the truth about this threat. The number one job, this is what he said, the num- and it's true, the number one job of the military is to protect the people. And they are not doing that. And part of the protecting of the people is to let the people know what they're up against. Um, it's like he he he, um, he mentioned um, Churchill and how Churchill had had realized that um, uh, what the Nazis were about to do, uh, and he tried to warn the parliament parliament about that. And they all poo pooed mm-hmm. him. They only had four. You know, the first time. He gave a speech uh, about the subject. He only had uh, four people who were with him in the parliament. Okay, and then as 
things began to fall, uh, things began to happen, and the Nazis uh, pulling down country after country and hardly even a shot was fired when they did it because they just scared people into it, uh, into Mm -hmm. surrendering. Uh, Now look at Austria. mm -hmm. So then finally, you know, people got the, uh, in Yugoslavia, there was others, um, you know, people, the the parliament finally understood what they were up against and uh, started to give Churchill some credibility. So our military needs to get that credibility in our eyes again. It is so, even Newt said, they're totally corrupted. Our military is so corrupt right now because all of our good men, how many is hundreds now? Hundreds of our our excellent uh, military uh, officers have left the service. Um, uh, our troops that have come home and uh, finished their tour of duties, they quit. They don't want to go back and be under President Obama. Um, so when our when we can't trust our military to protect us. That is a huge problem. And I like what he said, that there in Iowa, many candidates are going to be coming into Iowa. Everybody's got to start in Iowa, and they want to do well there. And they ought to say, Mm -hmm. every time somebody comes in there, every time a candidate comes there and speaks, they ought to be standing there with somebody saying, hey, what are you going to do about this jihad stuff? What are you going to do to protect the people? What are you going to do to keep more Dearborn, Michigan for, from happening and more uh, that New York place where they have the, you know, you can't drive into those places. It's just like the U.K. Uh, of course, the U.K. has bigger ones and um, they're much more dangerous than than the ones. Ours are very small. But, um, mm-hmm. you know, the, the no-go zones, very, very small. But anyway... Um, what are you going to do about that? You know, how many of those are you going to allow here? And and people here shooting in those places and everything. You know, they're back there training. You know, they're back there planning. You know, they're back there storing mm-hmm. up uh, ammo, storing up guns. You know, they're getting ready to come up against us, and nobody's doing anything. Our own military, our military should be handling that here, not our police. You don't send the police into places like that. You send in the military. Well, you what do you think about this? Maybe that maybe they're doing that because you know the as a precursor of militarizing the police departments. They're militarizing the police. Well, see, that I don't agree with that. I don't think the police no, in their no, in their you, relationship. No, no what I meant. I'm sorry, Cindy, for interrupting. What what I meant is maybe that's why they are doing it because they want the people to get used to the idea of the militarization of the police to uh, protect us. Well, that could be, that could, that could be if they really cared about, <laughs> about protecting us in a military style. But I believe the military, the militarization of the police is in an effort to um, come against us one day, not Islam. That's no, the bad I, part I, of No, it. I agree. But, but, but it would make us more, uh, Make us more relaxed. What I mean is, what uh, it would make us more relaxed to the idea 
of militarizing the police because we'll be like, oh, my gosh, we need them to have this capability or, or this weaponry or whatever because they need to have that so they can protect us against these terrorists. Yeah. Well, that's be- that's because uh, I'm sure they, they I'm sure they want us to think to feel that way and to get used to that. And you know, other countries are. I remember as early as um, 1976, I was in Mexico City for a uh, a Group One championship back when I was skiing. And um, when when we got there, I was <laughs> I was appalled because the the lake where we skied was the old rowing canal where they had the Olympics uh, in that they held that in the the rowing in the in that canal, and the whole canal was lined all up and down with military. Um, and everywhere you went, there was military, and it's still that way today. Those people are very used to seeing military. We are not, but. It is right. the military. It, it is our. That is the job of our military, not just to go to some foreign country and fight. They need to to fight the enemy that is within us, also. And but the problem is, our military is becoming our enemy. We're Obama is making us the enemy of our military, and uh, that's a slow process. It's it's not. To a point right now where where you know we need to be afraid yet, but as as things are unfolding, as the strategy is being uh, followed and laid out, that is, I believe, their final plan is to make us the enemy of our military, and it will be us instead of these jihadists and people and criminals um, that they should be going after. Uh, you know, it's us because we're patriots who dare to speak out against our government. But anyway, um, I like Newt's ideas, and and I like <laughs> I, I loved it when he said, "If you're a Muslim and you want to cut off my head, I have a desire to kill you before you cut off my head." <laughs> like that right, of course. <laughs> Certainly. Now, I know there's another audio uh, you wanted me to play, and we'll get to that shortly, uh, Cindy. But first, let's go ahead and hear from the Patriot Journalist Network. You're not just listening to a show. You're part of the powerful voice of the conservative conversation on Blog Talk Radio. Nothing worthwhile has ever been accomplished without teamwork. PJNet invites you to help make a difference by adding your voice to the team grassroots conservatives working together to take our country back. To find out more, check out the PJNet hashtag and visit our website at PatriotJournalist.com. Let PJNet add our muscle to your hustle. And, of course, uh, check out the Patriot Journalist Network by going to www.PatriotJournalist.com and also check out the Bards Logic Political Talk website at www.BardsLogicPoliticalTalk.com. And so let's go ahead and get that set up uh, for you, Cindy, uh, where we can have that uh, audio that you wanted us to play earlier. Uh, So let me get this uh, together for you because I know um, I wasn't able to uh, get it where I could uh, have it download here in my little – well, it's not even little anymore, let me tell you. 
it's it, it's quite the list uh, that I have mm-hmm. here of audio. Uh, but let's go ahead and and this is talking about uh, Judge Napolitano and talking about how Sharia courts uh, operate in Texas. So we'll go ahead and play that. Okay. Need affordable health insurance? Of course, first there's the... (laughs) That's interesting. (laughs) I guess everybody started getting... uh, Go ahead. I guess everybody started getting uh, cards and things in the mail uh, informing them that... uh, uh, April 15th is going to come, and they're going to have to prove they have insurance. You know, has I, I guess people are starting to get that word. Go ahead. That's okay. Just, I oh, just there we go. Ahead. Okay, let's go. Well, I don't know what's going on with this clip. I'm trying to play it for you there, Cindy. It's... Um, mm-hmm. Twirling now. <laughs> well, I guess it's I can loading kind of up. Give you, it's it's loading up. Yeah, give me a while it's loading up. Go ahead and give us a synopsis, and then I'll try to play it there. Go okay. Ahead. Okay. Well, and this is why I'm not really a fan of Judge Napolitano. He is so indifferent about this kind of stuff. He 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 can, he only can look at it from his judge's chair and. And I just don't, I don't think that's the way to look at this stuff. Anyway, first of all. Is he even a judge anymore? I mean, really? (laughs) No, no, no. I don't believe he sits on the bench anymore. I think he just does stuff with Fox and whoever. Uh, I think he's on the radio, too. Yeah. Anyway, um, basically what he's telling us is that in America there are Sharia courts. And what happens is... uh, when there's a divorce case or a custody case or some case that has to do with um, uh, subjects that are covered under Sharia law, okay? A Muslim family can go to a Sharia court and sign a paper that says they agree to abide by whatever that Sharia court decides in their case. That means that if the Sharia court says you are now divorced, then you are now divorced. If they say the child goes to the dad, then the child goes to the dad. Um, you know, what, whatever it is, if this money goes here, then that money goes there, okay? So, <clears throat> and then he also points out that this is nothing odd. He said all over the country, all over America, there are Catholic courts and Methodist courts and I think you said a couple others. I know there's no Baptist court out there. I can tell you that. Uh, but anyway, he said, you know, if you're a Catholic, you can go into these Catholic courts and they'll decide your case. I've never heard of that. But I never did either. I don't know what he's talking about. And I'm wondering, okay, if there's so many of them out in the United States, why have I never heard of them? You know? Yeah, ever, like but, ever. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So anyway, but and and here's, Here's the difference between the cases that you're going to see in Sharia court and the cases you're going to see in a Catholic court or a Methodist court. 
you may have some situations where the Catholics, because of um, their divorce beliefs, they're not going to give a divorce for just any reason. Okay, so if you have a Catholic couple come in there, they they may not, they may or may not get a divorce, depending on the Catholic uh, doctrine, uh, the way they look at things legally. Okay, now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Sharia courts are going to do the same thing, okay? There may be some other things that the Catholics decide and the Sharia courts do too. But here's the here's the thing. What else is in the Sharia court? Let's look at what is allowed under Sharia law. Honor killings, genital mutilation of girls. Mm-hmm, right. Uh, be- beating of wives. Yeah, the ritual. Shunning of wives. Uh, there, there's so many things allowed in Sharia under Sharia law. Women have absolutely no rights whatsoever. So if a no, woman, oh, go ahead. So, so if if a woman comes to a Sharia court, uh, there is. I'm looking at, and, and you know, he's talking about. Napolitano was talking about. Well, they sign a statement to. To abide what, by whatever ruling comes about, um, it's just like Judge Judy. When somebody comes in there and goes into her court courtroom, uh, you sign a paper that whatever Judge Judy decides, that's what you're, you know, going to abide by. Okay. Right. I'm looking. I'm looking at. I'm looking at a Muslim woman, and I'm thinking. I'm thinking to myself, she has no choice. She signs that paper, or she's dead, or she's beat. You know, or she's pushed out of the house regardless. Maybe she she may be physically harmed if she doesn't sign that thing. Okay? Um, mm-hmm. And it's not even close to the same thing as a Judge Judy situation. It's not even close to a Catholic court that might decide who gets the kid or whether somebody gets the divorce. We're talking about physical abuse that can go on under Sharia law, and a woman has no choice. She has no legal standing. They don't have any rights. So what? why would we allow a Sharia court to decide something like whether or not uh, a woman should be, let's say, um, uh, mutilated genetic in her genitals, you know that. that right. should even a, be yeah, a and I did a uh, yeah, and I did a I did a report on that um, in college, and I tell you what, um, you know, I was taking uh, I don't know if it was a comparative religion study or something like that, but one of the things uh, I did is did um, a report on um, on that. It's kind of a uh, a a right of pa- on Islamic rites of passage. Now they've actually in some of some uh, Islamic countries that's that I mean that's a rite of passage right, to womanhood yep. is to have that done. Yep. The UK. I read an article the other day. Uh, you never know who to believe, but this article said, uh, and I don't remember. I think it was a Yahoo.com uh, uh, article, but uh, I couldn't say that for a fact. The article? No, it wasn't them. I forget who it was. Anyway, it's it said that the UK estimates that they have fifty um, 
female circumcisions a day. And wow. by female circumcision, I think you know what I'm talking about. Yes, I do. Uh, yeah, and they don't even, they have a law against it, but they don't pr- prosecute. France has prosecuted some. But these, pe- these, these wow. people, they get hit, they get holed up in their little communities and they don't let anybody else to come in and see what's happening in there. And their women and mm-hmm. their children are are held like captives. And, and they have no say. They have no life. The men rule completely over them. It's worse than than anything I've ever heard of in history. And and Napolitano yeah, was so just, you know, oh, big deal, you know, so they have to, I have to abide by it, you know. And I'm like, really? You don't think there's anything we can do about that? There's got to be something we can do about that. Even if a woman, if a woman comes later on and says, hey, I, I was threatened. I had to sign that paper, but I want some recourse. I want recourse in the American court. Napolitano Mm -hmm. saying he has, he has to abide by what that court said. Wow. Even though it was done by force. Yeah. Or coercion. Anyway, I'd like to know where all these Catholic courts and Methodist courts are because I've never heard of them. I, I yeah, I tell you what, I'm gonna, I'm gonna have to, I'm gonna have to check that out. Well, I tell you what, if there are these kind of courts, I wouldn't mind being uh, living under a Mormon court then. A, a what court? A Mormon. A court? A Mormon court. Certainly, because then, then uh, it's legal for me to have more wives. <laughs> <laughs> well, I say. <laughs> I tell you, I like I like our U.S. Constitution, and I like the courts following our U.S. Constitution and our law and our U.S. laws. That's what I like. <laughs> anyway, um, yeah, the Mormons they let you they let you have. Yeah, I mean, seriously, think how think how uh, much lower the divorce rate would be if there was just multiple multiple wives. <laughs> oh, jeez. <laughs> what am I gonna do with oh, wait, you? It's not what am I gonna do? After dark yet, but it was on topic, <laughs> huh? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, you know, guys, guys like that kind of thing. You can have it. Isn't there like a, a show or something like that? Isn't there a TV show or something like that called The Sister Wives or something of that nature? Oh, jeez, another crazy, horrible. Ugh. And they legitimize all this you know, behavior. It's absolutely ridiculous. Well, l- let me ask you, and it's a little off topic, and sometimes we do that on uh, on Bart's logic here, but why not? Um, <laughs> I know they have um, uh, the archdiocese, at least uh, here in my area, has uh, said that you know if you're Catholic, you know you are not to go. See, you should not go see the uh, Fifty Shades of Grey movie. Because it's uh, against um, the Catholic or the Christian family. I guess it was Catholic, you know, because or whatever what, uh, the Catholic Church. It's against ca- uh, the Catholic family because it promotes uh, I don't know what they call them, uh, sadomasochism or something. I, mean, I don't know. I've never read the books, but uh, <laughs> or, or something of that nature. Have you have you heard anything about that? No, I'm not sure what you're talking about. 
Oh, okay. Well, it might be something that's just... Uh, so they're saying yeah, it that just it promotes... If, I don't here. even know what the what is the movie about. Don't know. <laughs> okay. I just know it, there was a, it's, based, it's based on the books Fifty Shades of Grey, um, which is supposed to be very uh, erotic, provocative, uh, maybe even a little controversial. Uh-huh. Um, and I've seen previews of the movie, and it's, uh, I guess, it talks about, you know, I don't know, BDSM or something like that. I don't know. I, I just heard little snippets here and there, but I just know that I was listening to the radio today, and they're saying that the uh, archbishop uh, is asking the priests to uh, talk to the congregations and, and try to uh, convince them not to uh, go see that movie or because it's against well, uh, Christian family values okay. or something like that, or Christian family or something like that. Yeah. Okay. It was a, it's a big difference between uh, a priest saying to his congregation, uh, I highly uh, recommend or I insist that you don't go to this movie. Okay. But there's not, there's no peace behind that. There's no, there's no backing it up with jail time. There's no backing it up with oh no, nothing lots, like that. Lots no. of your job, right? Well, see, that's the way it is in Islam. If Islam, if your imam tells you something, you darn sure better do it or not do it, or you're in big trouble. Okay, this is where uh, conversions that happen. That person's life is endangered when they when they become a Christian. When a Muslim converts to Christianity. That is one of the worst, that is the worst sin, I guess, they, that they could possibly, because murder obviously isn't mm-hmm. a sin to them. So, uh, just <laughs> converting, to be. Com- yeah, well, converting from um, from Islam to Christianity is like the worst sin. And so, you, you can actually lose your life, uh, lose a body part, be burned, um, lose your job, you lose your property, lose your family. Um, it, yeah. But that isn't going to happen in the Catholic Church. And and that brings me to, uh, well, I'll come back to it later, but I, I just wanted to mention one more thing about uh, Newt in his opening remarks. He made the comment, we are losing the war with jihadists. Okay, well, he, mm-hmm. used, he used three words in there that Obama will not use. Losing, war, and jihadists. There's yeah, more point. truth. There's more truth in this one little sentence uh, by Newt Gingrich than what you hear out of Obama's mouth in in eight years of a presidency. I guarantee it. Um, We are losing this war with jihadists. Um, And and I think that some of Obama's people, some some Democrats that helped get, get him elected, uh, are starting to fear where he's going with this because uh, there are some Democrats that have come out and uh, and verbally, uh, you know, publicly, excuse me, publicly criticized uh, Obama for his um, his uh, foreign policy where in regards to Islam. Um, but it's not just anti-Obama. Uh, and, and this is what Newt brought out also. There is equally as much disingenuous uh, talk coming out of past presidents 
Bush, Bush, uh, uh, Clinton, okay, a lot of people have been hiding the truth from us, not just Obama, not just the Democrats. Uh, we've been, both parties are unwilling to tell the truth. Both parties are refusing to admit that we're in a war. Um, it's, and he said, he, he noted that there are thousands of jihadists coming out of France, out of the UK, out of the US, out of Yemen. They're all heading to Syria to fight in this battle. Mm-hmm. And uh, that you don't hear that. On the inter- you don't hear that on the media, okay? You don't hear that. You don't hear the media talking about how these so-called peaceful Muslims living in other countries with other passports are going to fight in this jihad, okay? And who are they fighting with? They're fighting with the radicals, okay, the worst of them. And they're refusing to... To acknowledge Boko Haram in Africa, they, Boko Haram is ravaging a, the freest, richest nation in Africa right now, Nigeria. Okay? And, <clears throat> well, I say freest, maybe not the freest, but they're one of the richest. Um, and and, and they've got a good president. That good luck, Jonathan, is, is a Christian man, but he just doesn't know what to do. Uh, and then I think part of the reason for that is because he gets pressure from America and other European countries telling him not to go after Boko Haram uh, the same way that our president will not go after jihadists, either here or abroad. Well, I notice we, we don't hear anything. You know, we don't notice we don't hear anything anymore about those 200 girls that were kidnapped. Some of them escaped. I mean, that kind of faded to nothing, didn't it? Yeah. Well, there was an ending to that, uh, but it wasn't highly publicized. Um, And I'm not sure exactly. I can't account for all the girls. I can only account for for a few. Some of them escaped, and uh, some of them were released. Yeah, I heard a a few escaped, but I mean... Yeah. 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 And I don't know what what happened to the rest. Um, Probably sold off as sex slaves because that's what they do. It's part of how they uh, fund their organizations. But it's being, Boko Haram is being totally ignored as a terrorist group. Um, They are one of those groups that wants to cut off your head. Uh, We don't hear much about them either, do we? No, no, you don't. No. And, and notice Obama won't even say. I, I mean, I know I don't recall ever hearing, at least if, if I have, it hasn't been many times. Obama actually saying the it's not a word, it's an acronym, but I of uh, ISIS. He's always saying ISIL. Do you notice that? Yeah. Well, you know what that means. You know what ISIL is. It's it's pretty it's, much. It's, yeah. Re say it for me. I know it's um pretty similar to ISIS, but but go ahead. Um, but but not quite. Basically, basically, it's the part of of um, of uh, the the it's part of the Islamic world that includes all of Israel. Okay, Obama by calling them mm-hmm. ISIL instead of ISIS, 
he is giving credibility to the Muslims having control of the Levant. Okay, that's that's oh, okay. the area of that's the area that includes Israel. And so he's he's basically saying it's the Islamic State of, of Iraq and Levant. Okay. Oh, so, got it. So when you, so when as you, you said, hear he's him giving him credibility. That, he's giving him credibility. Right. Exactly. So anyway, um, <clears throat> excuse me. Uh, and I did want to. Um, I wanted to mention. Now you, you know we could sit here and go through history, and we could talk about the difference between the Crusades and the Muslim jihads. But if we just explore a couple of quick things, I think we can make a big, big dent in that conversation. First of all. <clears throat> I don't know if you have been to the many websites there are out there. There's a lot of websites out there where you can go and you can actually read the Quran for yourself in English. Uh, I don't know. Yeah, I've read parts of it. Yeah, okay. I don't notice too much difference in the translations when I go from one to the other to the other. I don't notice a lot of difference in the translation. Uh, but basically, there are uh, over a hundred. Uh, and it's probably more like 200 if you really get technical about it. But there's over 100 references in the Quran um, that uh, tell the uh, – it's, it's um, Muhammad instructing uh, Muslims to not associate – this is the simplest one. Don't associate with the infidel. Okay? You go to the next step um, – they're not to do business with them. They're not to marry an infidel. They're not to um, live near, and they're not allowed to. They need to keep uh, infidels from living in their town. They need to be expelled from their city, okay, if they come there. Uh, then there's imprisoning them, and then there is beheading them, okay? It goes right from, uh, they. he includes every level of persecution of anyone who is not an is, um, Islamic, okay? Uh, he pays particular interest to criticize the Christians and the Jews. <coughs> Excuse me. Uh, now, he, uh, Obama recently, you will remember that Obama recently gave a speech in which he said there was basically no difference between the Crusades and the Jihads. And and he said uh, 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 shoot, what was it he said? Oh yeah, Christians got to get off their high horse. Remember that when he said, yeah, Christians got to get off their high. Hang on a second, I had a cough. Anyway, um, and 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 uh, for this really burns me up. Because if you look at the Bible, the Christian Bible gives absolutely no mandate to forcibly convert anyone. Okay? Now, uh, and the Koran does. Now, if you look in the Old Testament, we have a 
a command by God to go in for the Israelites to cross over the River Jordan, go into the land of Canaan, and take it by force. Okay, and so that's what they did. He actually says, destroy everybody, destroy everything. Okay, don't leave anything. And he's clear that the reason for that is because those people have become so evil that it's God's way of of kind of doing what he did in Sodom and Gomorrah, only he's giving it to the Jews to do, okay, personally. Um, he's, and, I, and I never understood, I never... I never understood the whole concept of force, uh, you know, a forced conversion because, I mean, it's so disingenuous. I got a, a friend yeah. who, uh, you know, talks to me about uh, fire insurance. It's like, but don't you want to, you know, be saved and, and say, you know, I'm saved and stuff like that and, and believe so that, you know, you know, because just in case, what if you're wrong or what if, the, you know, the, you know, God really exists and, the, you know, this and that and there really is a hell and stuff like that. And shouldn't you believe, you know, because you don't want to, that to happen? I'm like, well, how this – my thought is how disingenuous is that? How can you really say, okay, I'm converting because I'm afraid of the consequences if I'm wrong? Then how can you say you're true, truly a believer just like with Islam? How can you say, okay, I'll convert to Islam when you don't feel it in your heart? In your spirit. You're absolutely, I mean, how can that really be a conversion? You're absolutely right. There is no, in fact, I wrote a note on that because I wanted to, to bring out that point. You cannot force anybody to believe in anything. All you can force them to do is to say that they believe it or act like they believe it. What, what goes on in the heart of a person what goes on in their mind what goes on, whatever they believe inside of them is completely personal. There is no way to force someone to believe anything. That's what the conquistadors tried to do when they came over. You know, they thought they were doing these uh, <clears throat> Aztecs and the, the, all those <clears throat> Incas and everybody. They thought they were doing them a favor by breaking down their altars. I mean, they were horrible people. They were offering human sacrifices. They were warring constantly. Uh, they were terrible people. But you, if you want to convert someone to your religion, I mean, you can fight them. You can kill them and say, okay, you're out of here because you believe that. That's fine. But if you want to try to force them to be your religion and live among you uh, by, by threat of physical violence, You've just you've de, you've just done something really stupid, and to this very day, the Mexicans and a lot of those South American religions are they're they're supposedly Catholics, but really they're mixtures of the of the religions that they used to be before the Spaniards got there and Catholicism. So you can see that. No matter what you do, if a person doesn't in their heart hear hear from God and and know he's being spoken to by God, uh, by God, if if he doesn't know that, then he he's not truly a saved person, or he's not truly uh, a Muslim. He's not truly a Buddhist. He's not truly whatever he says he's going to be. Okay, and, and, and real, I think, real quick, I'm going to interject uh, for for a programming. Uh, notes here uh, for those uh, out there listening. 
Uh, right now what we have is um, about 20 uh, minutes until the live portion of the show is over. Uh, now, we may go into what we call the extended period of the show, uh, but we'll see how much time we spent stay into that, uh, which starts in about 20 minutes. Now, what happens uh, to folks out there who are new, uh, your audio will cut out uh, at that time. You won't be able to uh, be a part of the or listen to the extended period as long as we uh, go in there. Uh, so if you'd like to listen to the extended period or even chime in, uh, give us a call at 347-945-72. I'm sorry, let me do that again. Uh, that is 347-945-7428. I was actually talking and reading at the same time, uh, Cindy. Probably not a good thing to do. Um, especially when the words you're reading are not what you're saying. <laughs> so, again, uh, so give us a call if you'd like to chime in and be part of the show. One of the things that's different here on Bard's Logic than a lot of your uh, other shows uh, is that once you call in and if you'd like to stay on the line after you made your initial uh, comments or questions, uh, you're welcome to stay on the line and uh, be part of our roundtable discussion and, and literally be uh, a part of uh, the night's show. So if you'd like to uh, be a part of it, uh, definitely make sure you call in within the next 20 minutes at 347-945-7428 and give us your thoughts on uh, tonight's topic. Uh, so go ahead, Cindy. I just want to get that programming note out. Okay. Well, the point I was making was that <clears throat> there's a huge difference between uh, having a mandate in your uh, from the God that you worship uh, to forcibly convert people, uh, and 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 not having that mandate, and and uh, just by reason uh, trying to convert people. That's the way Christ asked us to convert people. In fact. Uh, we were told by the Lord in Matthew chapter 5 uh, to love our enemies and pray for those that persecute us. Um, Paul taught in Romans to bless those who persecute you. Bless and do not curse them. And if Paul doesn't quite say uh, to love our enemies, he does add, if your enemies are hungry, feed them. If they're thirsty, give them something to drink. And he also says in that same passage, do not repay anyone evil for evil. Never avenge yourselves. These are the kind of things taught to a Christian. It says, bless Right. Well, yeah, and the, yeah, I've seen the, I've seen the, well, that, I've seen the detriment of that, Cindy. I mean, my, um, and, and you're right, that is what's taught. I mean, and, and here's an example of that. Um, a perfect example of that is uh, my dad back when I was, just 15 years old, uh, had a massive stroke, and uh, he, uh, the, the doctors messed up, things of that nature, the hospitals uh, did. And, and if they would have gotten to him sooner, did whatever, you know, should have been done much sooner, uh, he wouldn't have been paralyzed for the rest of his life on his right side. 56 years old he was. Um, and, he, I mean, he had to force retire and everything, be on disability, just devastating uh, financially. And my mom literally could have, because she had a brother who was a lawyer, uh, who she could have sued the hospitals 
and won. I mean, she literally had a, a million-dollar case, millions-of-dollar case that she could have won against, uh, you know, these, these hospitals. Uh, but she wouldn't do it. She wouldn't do it. My mom was a, a Catholic. She was a Christian, and it was against her belief, too, in her eye or her mind or whatever. Um, that was her way of saying you know, thinking she was taking revenge on the uh, the hospital, and she's like, you know, Christians don't do that. And I don't agree with that. <laughs> Maybe that's one of the reasons why, you know, I have the belief that I do, uh, probably a big part of it. Um, but, yeah, you know, you're right. I mean, that's that's in there. As I said, that, that that's well, a prime example of it. What I just gave. Well, he he teaches in that same passage there that uh, God says that it, uh, vengeance is His; He will repay. And so we we understand as Christians that we may have some suffering to do here on earth in order to stay uh, walking walking like Jesus in Jesus's footsteps, but. Um, there will be a reckoning in the end for the people who hurt, who harm us or hurt us in any way. Um, and, and he says, if, you're, if your enemy's hungry, feed him. If he's thirsty, give him something to drink. Well, in doing this, you will heat burning coals on his head. So it's actually <laughs> better to let God handle the avenging than you taking the vengeance yourself because what I could do to that person is not anything close to what they, what God can do to him. So I'm willing, uh, if someone has really done me an evil, I'm willing to let God handle it because he'll handle it much better than I will. And you know our, how our uh, our judicial system doesn't always punish the... the um, what was it that just happened recently? Oh, yeah, the guy threw his daughter off the bridge, and he's going to go to a, a mental institution for six months. That's it. That's his punishment. Wow. What kind of, what kind of crap is that, you know? <laughs> but, you know, God is going to take care of all that. Um, and so I, I, I see where a Christian like your mom would, would say, hey, you know, um, God has other ways of dealing with this that are better than what I can do. So, and yes, she suffered because of it because, uh, you know, monetarily speaking. Well, not just her. I mean, she was, she, yeah, she wasn't the only one who suffered. <laughs> she had seven children. But anyway, I digress. Um, but anyway, but yeah, I mean, so well, no, I'm just, always stating that I, I've seen that, I've seen that tenant. Um, at work, basically, is what I was uh, getting at. Mm-hmm. Well, the thing is, you got all these inquisitions. You got the Roman Inquisition, the Spanish Inquisition, the um, Papal Inquisition. You have the uh, Portuguese Inquisition, and all these atrocities were perpetrated by people who claimed they were Christians. Okay, uh, and they were the Army of Christ. Okay. Um, First of all, I don't know how they could claim that because there's nowhere in the Bible that tells them to do the things that they were doing, okay? There is no mandate for them to forcibly um, uh, uh, you know, take over someone's religious belief system, okay? Now, uh, Chris has put in the 
Um, I wonder which Christmas is. Anyway, he says, in the past, Western man launched crusades to defend Europe from the Islamic onslaught. Today, we preach tolerance and allow them to build mosques in the heart of European cities. Complete reversal in policy. The West has committed cultural suicide. Everybody, you know, in schools now, and we just went through this here in, in, our, in our county, we had to go and um, um, protest this new... Um, Common Core History book that was coming out because um, it 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 portrayed Christianity as this violent crusader type people that came in there and slaughtered all the Muslims and slaughtered Jews and slaughtered this and that and and it is true that uh, they went in there and killed people and innocent people too um, besides um, and I'll I'll go more into that later. But um, then, the, then the next moment, they're praising the peaceful religion of, of, of Islam, okay? And they, they say nothing about jihadists, uh, except one little short sentence that says, um, there are a few people in the Muslim religion who want to wage a jihad. And that and doesn't explain what a jihad is or how they're doing that or how many people there are involved in it or anything. I mean, it's just with one little tiny statement. And the rest of the, the piece is just a big puff piece on Islam. Okay, well, mm-hmm. yes, the, the crusades happened. and But you have to look at why they happened. There were Christians being slaughtered by Muslims. Okay, ever since... Mm-hmm. Christianity began at the death of Jesus Christ, people have been trying to slaughter Christians. Um, and and uh, Christians have been persecuted. I mean, right up until today, and believe it or not, there have been more, per- there have been more persecutions, uh, killings of Christians, martyring, excuse me, martyring of Christians in the last hundred years than there have been since Jesus' time. You have no idea how many people are being killed in Muslim countries and communist countries and places like, uh, well, there's... See, um, see how fast... Well, you know, one of the things that the, that, you know, the, the pagans or the Druids uh, got a, a big bad rap about was their supposed uh, human sacrifice. And I find that, you know, of, of others, you know, people within their own and, and maybe even other religions... And I find it ironic how uh, Druidism was practically uh, eradicated uh, in Europe, and now we're seeing what a religion that's even a closer cousin to Christianity itself uh, and what they're doing to try to eradicate Christianity on the planet. I just find it ironic. Where you could have found more peace and more things together, uh, between two uh, different uh, ethics, uh, you know, than two that are supposedly pretty close, you know, or at least have some of the same, uh, you know, characters uh, in their uh, pantheon and uh, be at such a, a war that they're at and how they're uh, trying to eradicate and, as you said, probably killed even more of them uh, than what the uh, the Druids or Pagans did. Well, here's the thing. You cannot equate uh, the torture, the putting on the cross. It, 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 you, 
know, Christians in the, like the Romans put Christians on the crosses and burned them at the stake, and Christians mm-hmm. were burned, killed, and beheaded, all through the innocent people, okay, um, by by all, all different people. And it wasn't just Muslims that were doing this. I mean, there's been all all people, you know, Romans. When you're talking every, about the, la- the last hundred years. Yeah. Uh, well, no, I'm talking, no, I'm talking about, about even Islam some in the last last hundred years. Oh, I know, I know, but I'm just saying, even back then and and up until now, you cannot equate innocent people getting killed for their belief, and that's all that they're getting killed for. Can't equate that with mm-hmm. Muslim jihadist soldiers who die in a battle that they created. Yeah. Christians have killed a lot of Jews. I mean, have killed a lot of Muslims. That was in the heat of a battle trying to save their own civilizations and their own religious freedom. Um, now, they have definitely, Christians, the, the Catholic Church got co-opted by, you know, uh, power-hungry bishops and cardinals and people who wanted to control the people. I'm, you know, uh, religious officials who so, want to control real, the people real quick, and they tried to merge. Real, real quick, Cindy, but because but, I see we're, we're running out of time here, the the live time, and, uh, uh, you know, I, I see Chris in the chat, and I hate, hate to lose Chris uh, before asking this question because I'm just curious about it. And, Chris, uh, if you'd like to call in, uh, just give us a call and uh, give us your thoughts because uh, soon the – uh, audio for you is going to in for anyone else in, in chat and out, else out there uh, listening on other venues. Uh, if you don't call in, then uh, you'll lose the audio for the extended period. But I see that at the end of your name here in chat is fourteen thirteen. Now, either if you call in and give us a little explanation on that, it's just to satisfy uh, my curiosity, or you can put it there in the chat. Um, is there any meaning to the fourteen thirteen? Uh, at the end of uh, your name there. I'm just curious if you could put that in chat or or maybe even just call in and and, and tell us about it and also your thoughts on tonight's topic. Um, So as I said, that's just a satisfied curiosity uh, for me, Chris. But go ahead, uh, Cindy. So we only have about nine minutes left of the uh, live portion of the show. But, of course, uh, whatever we do, the amount of time we spend in the extended period, uh, it will be uh, part of the – uh, will be part of the archive uh, and the podcast that, of course, uh, you can listen to the show in its entirety or piece by piece because you'll be able to download it uh, as well, I believe, as, a, as an MP3 uh, where you can listen to it. I mean, I even have some of the shows downloaded on my cell phone. Uh, so you can even listen to the show on your cell phone uh, by downloading it to, like, your music section or something like that. It's also on iTunes. You can also get uh, the show up. Uh, podcast free on iTunes as well. And of course, uh, the link there uh, to get you to the show, as well as sharing that link, uh, which we would appreciate with your friend. And also, uh, folks who are out there in chat, uh, go ahead and uh, also, there's where you can follow the show. Uh, there's a little button there uh, where you'll be able to get email notifications. And also, check out the contact page on bardslogicpoliticaltalk.com. And you'll be able to get email, uh, send me an email, or, or uh, through there, send me a message. I'll get your email, and I'll be able to reply to your email and also put you on 
the email list uh, that I'm putting together of folks so I can email the links uh, and information out to you. Uh, so definitely uh, check out those things on bardslogicpoliticaltalk.com, and you can uh, contact me, the host, through the contact page there. And uh, you could also do that if you'd like to be uh, part of the email list. And also you could get emails as well, too, from Blog Talk Radio by hitting the follower button. So go ahead. I, he, says, he says 1413 is the year given as the approximate date for the onset of the age of consciousness soul. Um, Interesting. I, I don't think I ever so heard of that something before. to check out. Well, you know, I was just about to bring some stuff up about history um, because uh, you, you sort of have to look at how things were controlled in the in the Catholic Church, how the people were controlled. Um, uh, as history left the Greek Empire in the dust, less and less people uh, could speak Greek. Uh, and, of course, because of the diaspora, only God himself uh, kept the Hebrew language alive. Uh, so there weren't a lot of people who could read Greek or Hebrew, which is what the Bible was written in. All the the, uh, the original scrolls are, are in those languages, Ar- Armenian, Hebrew, and uh, Greek. And so nobody could read that, and they could barely, and some of, most of them couldn't even read the language they were speaking. So in time, all the letters that Paul had wrote all the Gospels, the Revelation, even the Torah, and all the rest of the Old Testament, they could no longer be read by the common people. And this was exploited by some really power-hungry bishops who subjugated the people in general and fed them their version of God's Word. Um, It may be that the Crusades began as a noble cause to free the holy city from the infidels and to save the Christians that were being killed by the Muslims. Um, but now mm-hmm. the Jews the Jews also became a target of those crusades, and I believe that that action, now this is just a belief of mine. I have no proof of this. There's no historic uh, proof. There isn't going to be any. Uh, but I believe that action brought with it a curse because of the... Um, the the scripture in Deuteronomy that says, I will bless those that bless you. I will curse those that curse you. Um, uh, God God said to David, you know, uh, David said, look, I'm not going to mess with Saul. Yeah, he's a bad king, and I think God wants to get rid of Saul. I'm not going to kill him. He had opportunities several times to kill King Saul. And David said, no, I'm not going to mess with God's men. I'm going to let God do it. And that is what I believe all the people down through the history of time have done wrong when it, according to the Jews. They think uh, that it's up to them to get rid of uh, somebody, whether they're actually evil or not, doesn't even really matter. They think they're evil, and so they think it's their job to get rid of them. Well, you don't mess with God's people. You don't mess with the Jews. You just don't. Um, and now, you know, if you believe the Bible, you don't mess with them. <laughs> if you if you don't believe the Bible, do what you will, and then you'll end up like Hitler and all the rest of them. Um, but I think this was the key factor in the deepening of the Dark Ages uh, when the common people didn't know what a mockery of the scriptures the bishops and the priests, priests were perpetrating. Um, they completely controlled the people. Um, 
they 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 were even not allowed to have uh access to to the word of god unless they were highly educated um by the priest uh it's likely that king ferdinand and queen isabella convinced the common people that it was necessary that they run all the jews and muslims out of spain well it sure was uh necessary to get the muslims out of there because we know what the muslims were all about but the jews have have never uh sworn out some uh threat that said uh we're going to take over the world the catholics have never uh sworn out any threat we're going to take over the world um they they did take over some places uh in the con- the conquistadors and uh in the in that area in that time of exploration where they went out and began to um, uh, spread out into the world and, and uh, conquer nations. Uh, but it's never been said But they that weren't conquering they were Christianity. They are conquering it just for their like, expanding their it, own empire. Exactly. exactly. It was never trade. a mandate. It was never a Christian mandate to go take over the world and force people to believe in Christ. There is no such thing in the Bible. If there were Catholic uh, leaders... Um, if there were kings who said they were Catholic, but they really weren't, <laughs> uh, they were just uh, saying they were Catholic so the Catholic Church would uh, uh, come and coronate them on Coronation Day. <laughs> um, but anyway, they, no one had any knowledge of the scriptures to refute any of this behavior. They really had no power to do to do to do so anyway. Okay, so it wasn't until two things happened that these forced conversions and persecutions ended. The translation of the Bible into English by William Tyndale, and and then soon other languages followed too. And then when Martin Luther nailed his 95 Theses on the door of the church at Wittenberg, Germany, okay, both of these men and many others after that were persecuted for thinking for themselves, for daring to teach the people what the priests should have been teaching them. People caught with an English translation of the Bible were imprisoned. Their property was taken. They were forced into public humiliation. But God wanted us to know his word. So he saw to it that that we could. He gave us English translations. He gave us German translations. He gave us French. Every They're still working on it today. Uh, uh, translating the Bible into uh, every language they can possibly get to. Uh, that changed Christianity for good. And, and eventually, down the road, um, Pope John Paul apologized for what the Catholic Church, Church's role was in those past persecutions. And it's been a long overdue apology, but the fact is they did apologize. Uh, and this demonstrates uh, that there is no mandate and there is a difference between how Christians uh, hold their leadership accountable and and how Muslims do not. Uh, they were forced by by the people to change their ways. The the the, um, the Catholic priests were, were basically forced to, to change their ways and uh, but nobody can be what in the world? Like hitting it. <laughs> that was weird. 
I don't even know well, where that came from. a couple things like that, huh, Cindy? <laughs> yeah. I, um, I don't even know what page that came from. Oh, well. <laughs> so, yeah, that anyway, happened here earlier um, tonight. Yeah, um, so, so anyway, there were, there were, um, uh, there's this inner decision between us and God. It's, it, it, as a, as a body, the Catholic Church just couldn't find the courage or commitment or whatever to repent. Um, uh, but I think they knew what they were wrong and, and Christianity never again persecuted people because they refused to convert. It, it never happened again. Uh, re, we now read for ourselves the scriptures. Uh, the ones I just read before, I can read that now. We're also quite aware that even though you may be able to force someone to say they convert and you can force someone to act like they convert, uh, belief in Christ and following Christ happens inside of us. What I do, what I think, um, different evidences entirely. Only God knows what I believe about him, and he is my only judge. I can fake you guys out. I can fake out my family. I can fake out uh, my church people. I can fake out anybody except I can't fake out God. So what if the conquistadors forced the new world to break down their idols and temples and forced them to stop human sacrifices? That didn't stop them from believing those things in their hearts. Um, and that's why they, they mix their, that, that's why they mix those religions today. They weren't they weren't gonna give that stuff up. So anyway, that's that's the Christian context of today. I'm not saying Christians are perfect, we're far from it. I'm just saying the Bible does not mand us mandate us to, to jihad conversions. But on the other hand, the Quran, hundred times at least, does instruct um Islamists to um, kill Jews, Christians, any infidels. Uh, and they do, everywhere they are. Um, so, you know, God could have, God could have, um, you know, killed all those Canaanites himself, himself when, when he told the Jews to go in there and kill them all. He could have killed them himself. They were evil people, and, and he could have taken care of them just like he did Sodom and Gomorrah. But... Um, he may have been testing the Jews to see if they would be obedient to all that he said. Um, they failed that test. Mm-hmm. They actually allowed some people to live. They had, they had uh, sympathetic feelings towards the women and the children, and they let them live. And because they allowed those Canaanites to live and, and to continue living amongst them uh, and keeping their religious practices, they were actually led away in those practices, and, and they, they were punished for it. They were hauled off into ca- captivity. Christians today face the same temptations to be sucked into the beliefs of this world. We got evolution, promiscuous sex, drugs, alcohol, even abortion. All these things now are being accepted by people who say they're Christian. Uh, It's because we live among them and we don't come out from among them and be separate, which is what our command is to do. Um, And we're going to suffer the five of our nation because of it. I know what Kelly would say is we have now turned Bart's logic into the gospel hour <laughs> or whatever he would call it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we miss uh, we miss Dan and Kelly tonight. But I think that's a good uh, way uh, to wrap things up tonight. We'll definitely want to uh, 
have a show just dedicated to that, I think that'd be a good idea. So definitely, folks, uh, you know, listen to the show. We really appreciate uh, you listening, uh, whether it's live tonight or from the uh, archive here. Uh, we'll go ahead and uh, cut things short for this evening, since we do rarely. Um, however, much like uh, the other uh, panelists in YouTube, City, I'm sure, as, you know, we've got things we have to uh, take care of once uh, tomorrow. I have something that's rare that I need to take care of uh, that's going to make me uh, a little earlier. So I'll probably have to shut things down early just for tonight, uh, which, we, you know, as you said, we don't shut things down early uh, normally, but uh, we will this evening. But I want to thank everyone for coming uh, to the show, as I said, whether it's through the archive or live tonight. And definitely check out uh, our show uh, next week where we will have uh, the founder of 28pages.org, Brian McGlinchey on the show, and he'll be talking about his organization and his fights to get those uh, 28 pages, uh, discussing about the funding, uh, describing the funding of the 9-11 attacks and uh, how they're trying to get Congress to open that up uh, so that folks can uh, see what the contents of the 28 pages are of that report. Uh, so we're going to talk about that next week. So uh, join us and uh, tell other folks who uh, would be interested in that topic about next week's show uh, as well. And uh, we'll be looking forward to hearing from everyone. I just wish uh, we did have uh, more folks uh, to, to call in on this topic tonight, Cindy. It's very important. And as we stated earlier, uh, it just seems that uh, there's almost an apathy now, which I think is dangerous uh, for people to not uh, – get involved uh, as much. I mean, they'll make comments and they got their opinions, but uh, let's think of the solutions and, and, and talk together and, and put our heads together um, and, uh, you know, come up with those solutions or even the direction, uh, as Newt Gingrich pointed out. Uh, so, you know, and be a part of it. I mean, I know people, you know, have their own lives, but I think it's important for people uh, to do that as well. Um so hopefully we can get more people to get involved. Uh, but anyway, yes, check it out. And, of course, folks, uh, share the link uh, to the show so that other people can hear it, uh, whether it's through email, uh, Twitter, or uh, just put on the CD, or even your phone. You can even share it on the phone. It's only about 26 uh, megabytes for the full audio clip. So I will end tonight, uh, as I do every night, and that is what the song by Aubrey Ashburn, and you can hear more of her music by going to www.aubreyashburn.com. So thank you very much, Cindy, uh, for being with us tonight. I really appreciate it, and I really appreciate uh, this topic. And uh, you take care, okay? All righty. You're welcome, So good night. See you next Wednesday. I will see you next Wednesday. So good night, folks. Take care. Bye-bye. 